World-class guests, fascinating stories, inspiring messages. Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork, and today we're going to be talking about overcoming grief and loss. I'm delighted to welcome special guest Jennifer M. Alamani. Jennifer is a Reiki practitioner, mentor, and the author of Mark, My Love. You can learn more about Jennifer and her book at her website, jennifermalamani.com, and I'll include a link in the description. Welcome, Jennifer. I'm so glad that you could join with me today. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. I am very grateful. First, I am sorry for your loss, because I know that today we're going to be talking about grief and loss. And when I checked out your website, I noticed a saying, and it said, always know that you can get through anything you really can. And I appreciate that. And that is the message that we will be sharing today. Will you please share your story? What did you get through? Yes, uh, my, my boyfriend, my partner, he passed away about two and a half years ago now. Um, and, you know, it was a sudden loss for me. Uh, we had been in a relationship about 10 months, to be honest. Um, it was, um, we found each other, I want to say, in, in midlife, you know, post-divorce, post-breakups, um, you know, breakups. Um, so about, I want to say two months after he passed, I started to journal about the loss and what I was feeling. Um, and I was writing very quickly and I realized, um, it was more than myself. I realized that spirit, however you want to call it, uh, the universe, someone else was with me and I was writing very quickly. Um, so at the end of 2019, um, I realized I had a book on my hands and it wasn't my intention to publish a book. Um, and then I just kept getting the gut feeling telling me, you're meant to publish this, you're meant to help others, um, and you're meant to do something different with your life. Um, so all of 2020 was me just focusing on, would I do that? Would I really publish this book? Uh, it's a memoir. Um, obviously, it's an intimate story. I'm, I'm very private. So it was a difficult decision to come to. But again, I, get, I kept getting the feeling I'm, I'm meant to help others. So then I went on to, to self-publish it. I'm grateful that you did that. You were able to find some purpose in your pain. And I'm sorry for the pain. Sometimes our pain qualifies us to be able to help the next person. Like you said, as you were writing and you felt that inspiration that this is not just for me, this is for someone else. So I'm sure that there are people who need your story, your voice, your experiences. And, um, so thank you for obeying those promptings and opening up yourself and being vulnerable. I know that that's a very scary thing. I've also yeah. written a book and that when you talk about yourself and, and, and open up yourself and make yourself vulnerable, it's very scary. It takes a lot of courage. So I applaud your courage. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I, uh, a lot of things came out in the book, other things also. Um, also, um, my mother had passed away about 13 years ago, and I think that I didn't fully grieve or work my way through that, to be honest, too. So it was all coming out um, in the book, you know, these little things. Um, so there was a lot of healing, healing that came through about just the, the grieving process, but then also realizing that I wasn't giving myself full self-love my, my entire life. I realized that, too, through the writing and what was coming out of me. Um, so I realized there was a lot of gifts I had to, you know, portray in these words that we're going to help others in different ways. Okay. Can you share some of those things? What, what can help someone who is in the process of grieving right now? 
Yeah, I want to say um, for me, getting out in nature more, that was a big one. Um, I felt connected to spirit more and my lost loved ones. When I was out in nature, I realized it also helped me grieve in a sense where if I needed to cry and when I was out in nature, it just felt like an organic thing to be out in that space. So it helped me a little bit more. So I would definitely recommend that to others. I want to say um, meditation and prayer became a, ne- a next big thing for me. Um, I, I went into meditation for sometimes like an hour, an hour at a time. And I had gotten a lot of self-discovery uh, first that I was able to get to that point of 60 minutes of meditation. Um, but I also had a lot of self-discovery through that. So I think that that could help others get to a space that maybe that they're seeking also. Um, and then also revisiting self-love. I meant, I mentioned that. So that was a big part that I realized I, I lacked self-confidence. I realized that as a young girl, I was criticized in different ways about my body and what went on. And I think that impacted my self-esteem throughout my entire life. So for me to realize that through grief, you know, in my mid forties was a big upheaval of something that I realized was a big boulder that was on my back. So that too, you know, if that can help others in that way, you know, I hope it does. That's very multifaceted. It's interesting how the, the, the grief and that intense loss can help trigger those other things. And it's interesting when you mentioned that you, you lost your mother several years ago, but that process hadn't been finished. I think sometimes people think, you know, time heals all wounds. And I don't think time necessarily heals all wounds. I think time buries old wounds. But until we actually address things, they're still under the surface like a, like a sliver, where if you touch near it, it can be very, very painful. And sometimes you don't even know why it hurts. Why does it hurt? I don't know. It just hurts when you touch there. So I think that you bringing up this idea that we need to go through this process of grieving is very important because not everybody understands that. Yeah, I, I agree with you about time. I don't think time heals all wounds. I just think we learn how to accept certain things, right? I think grief is a part of life. We're all going to experience it. We're going to experience loss in different ways, whether it be a loss of a loved one or it could be the loss of a job, loss of a marriage, just different things like that, that we, we grieve um, as human beings. And grief is a strong emotion. It, it can be a roller coaster at some times, you know? And I don't think we're ever fully really done with it. Like I said, I just think that we go through motions of it. And I think that I just, I, f- I feel like with my mother, I didn't want to really maybe complete that process. Maybe it meant something that I didn't complete it. And with this second loss that happened, you know, just recently, I realized, okay, I had to go through some things and get, uncover some, forgive myself for things and, and so on when it came to my mother, you know, and I feel freer now, right? I, I feel a hundred percent free of so many things that were, um, I want to say bringing me down, but I didn't realize it until, until this last loss. Isn't that interesting? We can just live our lives and not even realize the weight, that burden that we're carrying. Those things like uh, not having that self-love or not having that confidence or that self-worth of those things. These are challenges that we can have and just keep going through our lives and, and carrying those burdens. And at any time, we can let those go and heal. But sometimes it takes a catalyst like you experienced with that intense loss before we realize I'm carrying burdens. I'm, I'm doing hard things, but th- I'm not getting any results from them besides just more pain. Right. So, well, I appreciate that. 
Well, can you help us understand some of the ways that you helped to increase and improve your self-love? Just really paying attention to my body, right? Really paying attention. I, I, I noticed that after my mom had passed, I was getting like these little health ailments that were nothing major, but little things, right? Little, and so that no longer happens now, right? I really pay attention, right? If, if, if my stomach's off, if I have a headache, all those little things, I think we ignore them in life, right? I think we just think, oh, I have a headache. There's, I think I feel there's reason behind it, right? I think that, you know, we could be bringing some of that into our space. So I really, that's one of the one major things, self-love that I really, I, I pay attention to my body. Um, and I want to say yoga brought me to that too. I had started yoga a year after my mom had passed. I just found it. I, I didn't have any friends who were practicing yoga. I was just called to it. And that started showing me silence and what the benefit of silence could be. And then yoga till this day, I do a little bit every single day. It just, it helps my, helps me be in tune with my body. So I think that was the self-love, like really paying attention to myself and putting myself first before everything else. Okay. I think that, yeah, when I, once I was able to tell myself that that wasn't a selfish thing, it, it just opened up the doors for me and realizing, wow, now I'm really taking care of myself completely. And then I'm able to love others more deeply because of it. That is amazing. There's so many interesting things when I'm asking this question about how do you improve the self-love and you started talking about the physical uh, ailments in your body. And, and I was thinking that's almost like a result of, of obtaining the safe self-love, not the process of obtaining it. And there's a book called The Body Keeps the Score. And he talks about exactly those kinds of things, how our emotional uh, stresses and those things that we carry can cause ailments throughout our body and that paying attention. So I love the idea of paying attention and I love how it's kind of cyclical. You paid attention to your body and you treated your body with some love and respect and gave it some nourishment and that in turn helped you to be able to, to love yourself. So it's that combination of physical and mental and emotional and it's all a swirly whirly mass they're not separate. It's not, oh, my mental health is here and my physical health is here and my, you know, social and emotional is over there. They are interconnected. And when we work on our bodies, then that can help us to feel better. So I'm so glad that you were led to yoga and that that's a wonderful thing. So you do just a few minutes a day or quite a, a long time each day or? I think it depends. Again, it depends on how I'm feeling, right? Sometimes I, if I feel I need a longer practice, I... I do a longer practice, but sometimes if I could just do a couple of stretches and some positions that that gets me where I need to be, then, then I go with that, you know? That is magical because if you can do something in just a few minutes, then you can make sure to incorporate that as part of your daily routine, even when you have a busy day. So that is awesome. Yes, because I think we think we, we always put pressure on ourselves, right? That we have to do certain minutes or a certain period of time of things, just like with meditation. So many folks will say to me, oh, an hour a day. I'm not telling people to meditate for an hour a day. I know that I was going in deep to, and I needed to when I did that. But I tell folks, take five minutes of just stillness, you know, and, and maybe you'll start increasing the time. Maybe you'll like it, you know, which is kind of what the, the journey I went on with meditation, right? I went, I went a little bit at a time and then I was realizing, wow, I'm really benefiting from this. And then I went, you know, longer and then deeper. That is beautiful. So I've talked to lots of different people who use meditation. And there are different ways that you can do it in different ways. So what, how do you do it? What, what does meditation look like when Jennifer is sitting down and having some time to yourself? 
Uh, it depends too. Some days I'll listen to meditative music. So it could be some type of, it depends also if I need water, if it's water sounding music, or if it's like a shaman kind of gong type of music, right? It really depends. So it really depends on what, again, is speaking to me, what I'm feeling I'm needing that day. Some days it could be just be total silence where I'm just sitting, not listening to anything at all and just sitting there, my eyes closed. Um, but there's different forms, uh, you know, of meditation. I think you can definitely, and you can listen to gu- guided meditations too. I've done that as well too, where some, someone, a friend of mine will have a guided meditation and say, you should listen to this and I'll do that too. So it, it depends on like what I'm seeking, you know, on any given day. Oh, that's lovely. And as you're describing that, I think the meditation helps put you in a place where you are more in tune and more aware, but you are already in tune to know what it is that you need to do. So I guess, is that from daily practice and becoming more aware, or is that a gift that you have always had? It's daily practice and becoming more aware. I want to say, um, I've always been spiritual my entire life, but this, having this as a daily practice has gotten to me to the place where I want it to be, you know, like this. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, I'm glad that you're finding some success through that. So you transformed your life through the power of self-love, manifestation, and listening to your angels on the other side. Do you want to walk us through each of those steps? You've talked a little bit about Mm -hmm. self-love. We haven't touched on the others at all, but if you want to elaborate on self-love too, that would be awesome. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, manifestation, getting into that, I, you know, it depends. I started with a vision board. I want to say years ago, certain things that I wanted. Um, and I just started just, you know, giving some time and energy in front of it. I want to say every single day. And I want to say certain things started coming my way and things were easier, right? If I wanted to move on. Um, I remember at the time when I started, I wanted to move uh, away from the city and I had moved away from the city for about four years. And I want to say I'm, I, it was, I was alone. So it was kind of financially, I didn't have all the means. But yeah, I was able to get everything done through that manifestation of knowing what I wanted, but then putting little, you know, whether it be like very little money away at a time, right? But but saving, almost like saving that dollar at a time, right? But I had the belief I knew what I wanted to do. So I was doing that little by little. So I want to say things like that I continue to do now till this day. Um, You know, I, I want to see this book help other people, right? And I know that it took a lot for me to put myself out there and, and the personal things that I'm doing, but I know it's going to help others. So there's been things I've been manifesting around that too. Right. And to be honest, it's not, it's not all finances. It's not at all. It's really spreading that love and spreading that word and wanting to help lift up humanity just a little bit, like doing my part a little extra because I realized with all of this through my dreams, I was asking a lot, what's my purpose I knew that my former HR career of 22 years really wasn't my purpose. I knew that I wasn't fulfilled with it for a very long time, but I was successful in the space. So I just kept going because we just keep going, right? That's how we are as humans. It's comfortable. It's good. Why, why shake the, why shake the boat? Um, but with this last loss, I knew that was also the other side of the universe giving me a message saying, you're supposed to do other things than what you're doing right now. And so they made me a little uncomfortable, I want to say, right? They gave, they, there was a loss in my life. And then my HR career ended at the end of uh, 2020, December 2020, it ended. So it was kind of like, I knew this was all being manifested for me, you know? And when I bring my dreams into it, um, it's, it's been interesting. I've always paid attention to my dreams and I've always written them down. 
And I want to say um, it was during 2020 where my mother was appearing in my dreams a lot. And she wasn't giving me direct messages, but I want to say the one that was the most significant um, was probably the summer of 2020. Um, you know, it looked like she was in her office from when I was growing up. She was a secretary at, at, in the Board of Education and it looked like she was in her office and she was there early. And I remember being in the dream with her, but I was a grown woman as I am today. And I just said, well, what are you doing here, mom, in your, in your office? Why are you here so early? And then she just whispered to me and she said, I'm cleaning up. And she just said, you know, they just let me go. And I remember that didn't happen in real life, right? She worked there. She was never let go. It was this odd dream. But then afterwards, I started, I wrote it down. The minute I woke up, I jotted down the notes on it. Then I started getting this weird feeling that my career was going to end in HR, but not by my choice, to be honest with you. I felt it. Ah. I, I felt it strongly, um, strong enough that I was taking steps to make sure my savings were in order, that my, all of my, you know, just things like, you know, when you, I was in a job for a very long time, I was there for 14 years, right? So, and being a human resources professional, you always have things in order, right? That's kind of your job. So I was just making sure my, my, my car was in order, I want to say, in a sense, it was a weird feeling, but I remember doing it because I had this odd feeling like, I think my career is going to end. Um, and I already knew I was going to self-publish the book and I knew I had intention of leaving that career this year, early this year, like right before the book came out. Um, but there the universe, it, it ended at the end of 2020. My career did end, you know, they, the, the company I was at uh, packaged me out and it was fine. It was a good thing. It was, it was a good, you know, it sounds weird, but it was a good thing for me. It was a good push that was meant to happen. But that's one example of my dreams and things like that. I've had a lot of things like that. My mother coming in my dreams, giving me messages. Uh, my grandmother also on the other side. So I want to say put, I've been putting that all together the best I can and then just kind of trying to go with the flow and listen to my gut. Wow. Okay. So your mom and your grandma are on your side and helping you to prepare and to be able to take the next step. Even when the mm -hmm. next step is very challenging, changing careers is a very challenging thing. So, um, and it sounds like you needed to change career, even if <laughs> you wanted to. And not only did you want to, but you needed to. And so you got a little, a little assistance that way. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I want to say when, um, when my boyfriend was still, when he was still alive, I want to say a few months after we met, I was talking about my career and not wanting to, that it wasn't right. Something wasn't right. You know, and I remember having those conversations with him. So I know he too also was helping on the other side. He's just not appearing in my dreams actively just yet um, as they are. But my mom and my grandma have been on the other side for a little bit longer, I want to say, in time. So who knows? But um, but it's been interesting, uh, the dream space and all of that with them, to be honest. I've written a lot of things down and I'm kind of just watching as things go on in my life um, from the messages that they're giving me. That's beautiful. I'm glad you've got assistance. I think we need all the help we can get. Yeah. <laughs> so whether it's here on earth or on the other side, that's great. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now you are also a Reiki practitioner. I have heard of that. I am not really familiar with it. Can you tell me a little bit about that? It's using uh, energy. It's energy healing. Um, I, I'll be honest. I, I just got certified this past March. So I'm still a newbie. You know, I want to say what, nine months in? Um, but it's using healing energy. Um, so if, if you have blockages in your body, any sort of thing, it's basically, you know, learning how to heal oneself and then others with, with, with energy. So basically, um, so every single day since I've uh, become certified, I do self-reiki on myself every single morning and every single evening. And I've got to say, I know that that's part of my health being 
in such a good, healthy condition. I knock on wood, I haven't gotten sick really. And again, I don't have these little health health ailments like I used to. I don't feel tired really, you know, throughout my day, things like that. So it's helped. It's helped me along. Wonderful. Wonderful. And are you coaching and practicing the the energy work? Is that what you're doing for your new career or are you doing something else in addition or? No, I mean, right now I'm just, I'm just playing the author right now and doing that. And, um, you know, just interviewing on podcast right now, that's really the focus. The Reiki, I'm still practicing. I want to, I actually want to become a Reiki master before I start branching out into that space. Um, mm-hmm. But I have practiced a little bit on uh, a few family and fa- family and friends, I want to say, and it's helped them, you know. Oh, that's so. Yeah. So there's yeah, different so levels. There's there, you just an introductory, yeah. and then there's yeah. A, so I, I've had two levels of Reiki. So that's a Reiki practitioner. So I have two levels, um, and then once you go into level three or four, then you become a Reiki master. Okay. Um, yeah. So in but the it's, process, it's really uh, it's really you know I discovered that going on a yoga retreat. You know I want to say at least seven years ago I discovered Reiki. I went for a Reiki session, and it helped me immensely. Um, I never thought I'd get certified in it, but because I had some time on my hands, because uh, my career ended, I realized, oh, let me let me get certified in Reiki myself. And it's been great. Um, and you can even do it on animals. I, I do Reiki on my dog all the time to get him to calm down. So it's, it's interesting stuff. Wonderful. So what do you foresee in your future? What's next? I mean, you're working on your book, you're working on on your training on yourself, your relationships, do you have family and friends and things? What, what do you see yourself doing as you move forward? Yeah, I mean, right now I'm I'm writing two additional books because other things are coming to me, and they have me they have me doing that. So I'm intuitively writing, uh, actively doing that as well. Um, I just moved back to New York City uh, this past summer, so I'm kind of exploring the city again from a different perspective. You know, I grew up in Brooklyn, um, you know, and it's just different from living in Manhattan. So that's been an exciting thing for me this summer, just exploring the city from a different angle from from previously. Um, I want to do a little traveling, I want to say, but I want to continue to help folks. I want to put the word out there about my book. I do want to, like like I said, um, break out further with my Reiki and in that space, in that energy space. It's important to me. So your calling is basically as a, as a healer, as you pay this forward, whether yeah. it be physically, mentally, emotionally, overcoming this grief or whatever it is that we need to do. That's lovely. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really do think so. I think that I've always had the gift of, of writing. Uh, I remember writing a lot in high school and my teachers, you know, telling my mom, you know, I think your daughter may be a gifted writer. I just never thought of pursuing that, to be honest with you. I never looked at it as being something I would do. And now it just, it's a natural thing for me. I've noticed it and it feels exactly right. And, and it's been easy, to be honest with you. It was so easy. Um, so many folks have reached out to me and they said, oh, the book is so well, well crafted. Um, you must have put a lot of thought in it. And I said, you know, to be honest, I go, I really didn't. It just really just came out of me the way that you read it. <laughs> so it was so simple and easy, but, you know. That's lovely. It's nice that some things in life can be easy. We have enough hard things. Let's have one or two easy things. Good heavens. Yeah, yeah. I was so, I'm, I've been so grateful and thankful for that, to be honest with you. That's delightful. Well, thank you for all of the wisdom that you've shared today. And, um, I'm excited for all of the things that are coming next for you, and I appreciate your time today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It has been a pleasure. In closing, I'd like to share a quote by Jan Guildwell. She said, You can clutch the past so tightly to your chest that it leaves your arms too full to embrace the present. If you are in the process of grieving, I invite you 
to work through your grief so that you might have space to embrace the joys of the present. See you next time on Linda's Corner.